Thanks, Becky. That was great. I'm feeling Christmassy after that. Is anyone else? Thanks to Naomi and Timmy. That's got me right in the mood of putting the Christmas tree up yesterday. Didn't? The first Christmas carol of the year definitely did. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. Af- Good afternoon, everyone. Um, thank you for tuning in with us today. Um, if you're new with us since the month of May, we've been journeying through the New Testament letter of Ephesians looking at Paul's call to the believers in Ephesus and us here in Glasgow to live the life God has already given to us in Jesus. Today we're going to be finishing up our time in this letter as we look at the last four verses of chapter 6, which Becky just read for us. Before we do that, though, don't you just love a story about an unsung hero? The sort of people who, who know their role No matter how small it might seem, they understand how vital they are. They understand how vital their role is, but yet they get on with it quietly. So often they keep a low profile, happy for someone else to be in the spotlight. Maybe you work with someone like that. Maybe you live with someone like that. Love them. Park Ji Sung is a South Korean footballer, and sorry for another football analogy, it feels like every week we have some sort of sporting analogy, so so apologies, but Park Ji Sung was an international footballer that played for Manchester United. He he was playing for them under the golden years of Sir Alex Ferguson, um, Scotland's greatest ever manager. The team at that time were playing with some of the most exciting football that the world had ever seen, and they were so successful. Year after year after year after year, they were winning trophies. The team was full of famous big-name players. They had Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rio Ferdinand, players that cost millions and millions of pounds. What happened? Every time Manchester United had a big game to play, a really important game, Sir Alex Ferguson would turn around, he would look at his squad, and he would say, Park Ji Sung, you're my man. You're the man that I trust. You're the man that I want to play this game. Why would he do that? Why would he go to that guy? Well, it was really, really simple. Park Ji Sung had an incredible work rate. He ran three or four times the amount any other player played or ran. His, his teammates actually gave him the nickname of Three Lungs because they just knew how much work he did. Park Ji Sung went about his work quietly. He always shied away from doing the the interviews after the games. But what he was good at doing was providing the platform for Rooney, for Ronaldo, for all these world-famous players to go and grab the spotlight and make a name for themselves. A true, unsung hero for his team. What about Alan Turing? Is that a name familiar? It It wasn't to me. During World War II... The German forces were transmitting coded messages each day, thousands of them. Some of these contained some of the most high-level commands prepared by generals right at the the front line. Now, Alan Turing was was a British pioneer in computer science. He developed a machine that, that allowed him to effectively intercept any of these messages. He he developed a machine that helped break the German Enigma code. That machine allowed him to intercept messages within 15 minutes. He would pass it on to the British forces, and they would deal with it. This was a piece of computing history that some historians estimated shortening the war in Europe by as many as four years, saving many lives. 
again, another true unsung national hero. I love an unsung hero. And in today's passage, we get introduced to one of the New Testament's unsung heroes. If you're anything like me, you get to the end of of these letters and of these books, and it says in the little heading of your Bible, it says, final greetings. And you just skip past that. You think that's all it is, just final greetings, goodbye, thanks for the message. But no, that's not true. What we're going to see today is that there is an unsung hero for us to look at, and his name is Tychicus. Today, we're going to walk through these four verses and make a number of observations. And as we'll go, we'll be getting really practical, and we'll be asking ourselves some really honest questions. In light of the things that we see, the light of the things we observe, how am I doing with these? Am I willing to be ticketous, or am I always looking for my own little piece of glory? Before we jump into that, let's pray. Father, we praise you that you are a faithful God. Father, we thank you that you're the one that doesn't change, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, that you are our help in in our ever-constant help in times of need. Lord, I thank you that you're with us today. Lord, I thank you that you want to speak to us, that you want to change us. So, So, Spirit, we pray that you would fall in each of our living rooms and our kitchens today as we, as we hear your word preached. Lord, where we're, where we're distracted, would you bring concentration? Would you, bring, would you just bring us an eagerness to receive from you today, Lord? We, we, we sit here, we stand here with our hands open, and we say that we want to hear from you. Lord, where we're growing weary and tired, would you wake us up to the reality of your kingship? Lord, come. Change us, make us more like you today, for your glory. Amen. Amen. So cast your minds back to last week, and what we saw in verse 19 of this letter was Paul putting in a prayer request to the Ephesians. He was asking the church in Ephesus to pray for him. He was asking for boldness and fearlessness um, and courage to share the gospel. As such, it only seems right that as we start today's passage, Paul shifts the spotlight away from his request and onto this guy mentioned at the start of today's passage, Tychicus. Paul, from his prison cell in Rome, is sending Tychicus to Ephesus to let the Ephesians know how he is and to encourage him. Two purposes, how he is and to encourage him. So who, who is this guy that we read? Who is them? He, he just seems to have appeared. We, we have a limited knowledge of who he is. He, he's only mentioned five times in the Bible. And because of that, it would be so easy for us just to skim over his name and, and think, oh, he's some sort of insignificant character. Let's just, let's just forget about that a little bit. Let's move on. No, no, how wrong we are. Tychicus was, was an Ephesian himself. And and what Paul was doing was he was sending him back. He was sending him home to give an update about Paul. Paul describes him in verse 24 as a dear brother. We know that he walked with God because he was a dear brother. He was part of the family of God. And we know that he partnered with Paul in service to the Lord. 
Let's quickly look at two of the, of the five instances where he's mentioned in the New Testament. And the first glimpse we see of him is in Acts chapter 20. Paul had just recently become a Christian, and he was being sent out to begin his ministry. During one of his first trips, he was traveling between Greece and Macedonia with a group of eight people accompanying him. One of these eight was Tychicus. So we can see that he partners with Paul in the early days of his ministry. He was there from the start as Paul went out on his ministry. We then fast forward to the book of 2 Timothy, believed to have been the last book that Paul wrote. What do we see? You guessed it, Tychicus again being mentioned with Paul. He was still there. And you see it, Tychicus was with Paul at the beginning of his ministry, and he was with him at the end. He walked with Paul. He partnered with Paul. He helped Paul. Between them, there was, a, there was a great love for each other. There was a great unity for each other. There was a real trust between them. They were brothers in arms, doing this thing together, co-laboring for the Lord. And that's exactly how Paul describes them. He says, dear or beloved, as he says in the ESV. It's an affectionate, firm, uh, affectionate term for, for his brother. He says, a dear brother and a faithful servant in the Lord faithful servant in the Lord. Tychicus was a faithful Christ follower. He was a fellow servant with Paul, co-laboring with Paul, and of Christ. They were working together for Christ. He wasn't just there when it suited him. He wasn't just there when he wanted a, a little bit of time away from normal life. He didn't just dip in and out when it suited him. He didn't just start going when I'm a celebrity wasn't on the TV. No, he was there all the time. It was his priority. He was committed. He was consistent. He was a co-laborer with Christ, with Paul, in Christ. So how are you doing today? How are you doing serving the Lord? How are you doing laboring for the Lord? Would someone look at your life and see a, see a Tychicus-like faithfulness? The kind of faithfulness that lasts. The kind of faithfulness that keeps going through the hard times. We've been through plenty of those this year. Is your life marked by a servant-heartedness that we see here? Or are you simply dipping in and out when it suits you? How's this year been for you? What's this year done to your soul? What's this year done to your faithfulness? Are you so tired that serving yourself rather than Jesus has become the focus of your life? John Piper, a pastor and a great theological mind, says this, to be faithful in service is to have your heart bound to the will of God, by the Spirit of God. To be faithful in service is to have your heart bound to the will of God, by the Spirit of God. So what do we need to grow in our, in our faithfulness of God? We need to increasingly be laying down our lives and yielding our hearts to the Spirit of God. Increasingly, we need to be going to God and saying, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
increasingly going to the Spirit of God and saying, Father, we need your power. Is your Spirit at work in us? We need you. The good news is this. For all of us who are in Christ, we serve Jesus. He was the one who came to serve and not be served. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13 says, if we are faithless, he, God, remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. God, by his nature, is faithful. His faithfulness remains for all generations, from generation to generation to generation. He doesn't change. Serve him full-heartedly, with joy. Keep going. So we know who, who he was. We know that he had partnered with Paul to serve God. But what did he actually do? What role did he play? It's actually a really simple one. He, he was a modern-day postman. A modern-day postman. On three occasions in the Bible... Tychicus partnered with Paul to carry his letters to the destinations. This can be seen in the books of Ephesians, Colossians, as well as Philemon. His role was simply to deliver the letters that were written by Paul. He was taking it from A to B. What does a role like that require? Well, we see it in Tychicus. He had a willingness to play second fiddle. He was humble. He was servant-hearted. But ultimately, what kept him serving faithfully? What kept him going? Was it to, to live this life just to please Paul? No, absolutely not. What, was it just this desire to get the job done so he could then just go back and get on with, with his normal day-to-day life? No, it was not. What kept him serving faithfully was an awareness that although he knew he was serving Paul he was. He was taking orders from Paul. Ultimately, he knew that he was serving the Lord. Tychicus, the, the humble servant postman, so often goes unnoticed, so often in the shadow, yet remaining faithful in his service. He knew that ultimately he was serving the Lord, not man, not Paul. He knew that his achievements weren't, weren't what mattered, but that being a faithful servant to the Lord was what truly counted. God was purposefully involved in his life. He, he, he'd given him this role for a reason. The same is true for you today. Whatever your role is, whatever God has called you to do, Be like Tychicus. Be faithful in what you've been given. Whether you're the writer of the letter in the spotlight like Paul here, or whether you're the postman or the postwoman just delivering it so often going unnoticed, do it faithfully for the glory of God. I love this quote this week. I was reading George Eliot, and he says this, the growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts. Let me just read that again. The growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts. 
sorry to dash any dreams for, for anyone out there, but our achievements, our names, our jobs, our degrees, our looks, our cars, our wealth won't be enough to even get a mention in the footnote of a history book. The reality of life is that it's a vapor. One minute, one minute we're here for a little bit of time. The next minute we're gone. James 4, 14 says that. Life is not about us getting our 15 minutes of fame and, and saying, everyone, come look how great I am. Come look how significant I am. I can have an impact in history. No, that is not what life is about. Let me tell you the good news today. Jesus has risen from the grave. Jesus has written the history books. It is Jesus who is in the spotlight. It is the name of Jesus that will go down in history. Jesus is the only name that saves. A Tychicus kind of life, one that doesn't clamor for its own glory, but lives to the glory of others, can be understood when we realize that Jesus stepped down from glory, humbling himself as a servant for us, for you. Jesus freely gave, and we freely receive. Now our satisfaction is in him, no longer in the selfish pursuits of the world, no longer answering to and pleasing man. Our satisfaction is in Christ. How does the letter finish? Verse 24 says, Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. A life changed by grace is a life to live of grace. This is the invitation for you today. Partner with God. Come to know God. Go on the greatest mission of all time. No longer do we have to strive for significance in life. No longer do we have to strive for value, for worth. We, who are so unfaithful, are invited by the, the faithful, loving Father to be reconciled to, be him, to, to Him. We've got this invitation to be united with Christ. We saw this in Ephesians, that we, we come in, we are in Christ. That is the invitation. You're invited into that. Our lives are hidden in Christ. We have a purpose. We have a hope. We have a significance because of Jesus. And there we find way more fame than we could ever get ourselves. Instead of pursuing something that will fade, we play a part in God's plan for the whole world. We used to live for something doomed to fade, something that was going to let us down no matter how impressive it looked. Now we live for someone destined to redeem everything for his greatness. That is the invitation to you. And Tychicus got this. The Bible doesn't tell us much about him, except from the fact that he was a dear or a beloved brother and a faithful servant. Imagine the simple gravestone. Tychicus, beloved brother and faithful servant of the Lord. That was it. 
That was it. A truly great legacy. So ask yourself today as you're, you're sitting listening to this, what will be your legacy? How will you be remembered? Are you pursuing things that aren't going to last? Are you pursuing things and putting your hope in things that will only ever fail and let us down? Brothers and sisters, and take encouragement today from the life of Tychicus, the humble, servant-hearted postman, so often overlooked, yet diligently faithful in the Lord. Remain faithful. Serve the Lord with all your being so that when you meet Jesus, you will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have accomplished everything we need. Father, I thank you that you came to the world to, to serve and not be served. Father, I thank you that you bring us into your, your family, that, that we are in Christ because of Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you would encourage us, that you would stir us up to live faithful lives. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill us afresh today. Lord, we, we realize that so often we try to do this ourselves. And we, and we fail. So, Father, we, we, we pray and we surrender ourselves to you and we say, Lord, it is you that we need. Come, Holy Spirit, would you fall on each of us today? Lord, I pray for anyone that's tuning in today that doesn't know you, Father, that, that's wandering in the darkness. Lord, I pray that this would be a Christmas where they would see the, the glorious hope of Jesus. Father, that a baby was born and that he was the savior of the world and, and that that is an invitation for everyone this Christmas. So, Lord, would you open their eyes, would you open their, their ears, would you open their hearts to, to hear the good news of the gospel this Christmas, Lord? So, Father, would you come, would you minister to us as we respond to you now? In Jesus' name. going to invite Stu and Naomi and Timmy back up, and they're going to lead us in praise. Before I do that, um, I just want to read to you from Ephesians 2 as a reminder of what Christ has done for us by grace. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all have lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness 
towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's the God that we're coming to worship now and coming to respond to. So encourage you, get on your feet, sing your hearts out to praise to, of, of praise to Jesus our King, our, our faithful, loving Father.